0: share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry, and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations, both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn.
1: So today as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview again Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duke University in the School of Business. Uh, as a reminder, Ron also worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA, six years in the Nets, and then five years in the NCA. So, Ron, uh, it's great to have you again on the show.
2: Thank you, Julian. Happy to be here with you, and uh, happy holidays. and looking forward uh, to a lot of good things in 2023.
1: Great, yeah. Uh, great to have you again, and happy holidays as well. So, hey, Ron, what I want to talk to you about today was a couple of uh, things. So, first, we'll talk about the Aaron Judge, the mega contract with the Yankees, and then we'll talk about the NBA interest in adding an NBA team in Mexico. Then we'll talk about Britney Greener uh, being released from Mexico from Russia as well. And then we'll talk about the FTX crypto scandals uh, with a, a lot of athletes being involved in it. And then we'll talk about the Qatar soccer walkup. And then as well as your favorite teams for the Super Bowl. How does it sound? Sounds great, let's do it. Let's knock them down, knock them out. Great. So the first topic, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, discussions about aaron judge is he going to renew with the yankees Is he going to go with the giants and other teams so it turns out uh he's staying in with the yankees he signed a contract for nine years worth 360 million dollars so he mm-hmm. would earn about 40 million dollars a season which is the highest average annual payout for a position player uh the contract trails only uh, mike trouts uh 426 million dollar deal uh with the uh, los angeles angels as well as Mookie Betts for $365 million with the uh, LA Dodgers. So what is your take on Aaron Judge's new contract? Was it a good move for him as well as the Yankees?
2: Yes. Well, I think we have to go back to spring training of 2022, uh, roughly uh, 11 months ago when he turned down the same type of deal for eight or nine years, but the money was at at 212. 212 million so he said look let's just get the free agency let me create other options his agent gave him great advice and you know if he had had a bad year then then that that offer might have been rescinded uh for the 212 million so i think there's a lesson for all of us to learn in there uh all things being equal bet on yourself uh believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself nobody else will so then he went on to hit over uh you know 60 one homers. I think he had 63 and he passed uh, Roger Maris for the most home runs in a single season uh, in the American League. So that was quite an accomplishment. I think if you take him out of that lineup uh, and I noticed that the that they re-signed some of their, their, their first baseman and uh, which made it more attractive to come back and if you take him out of that lineup, all of a sudden it doesn't look as imposing as it does with him in it. I mean, he carried, a, he did a lot of the heavy lifting for the team offensively. And then yeah. the other yeah. thing, you know, he, he flirted with San Francisco. He looked at all his options. They made a very attractive offer. And uh, he decided to stay with the Yankees uh, when they bumped it up to this number. And I think he has a real sense of history. You know, he knows the Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle era. He knows what it's like to be a Yankee. And let's be honest, they're going to spend money. He's always going to be in the playoff hunt. He's always going to be in the World Series hunt with a team like the Yankees. So uh, not everybody can play in New York City. You're under the bright lights. Every single thing you do is, is criticized. Everything you do on and off the field is seen. So uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for both parties. And uh, he got some great parental uh, advice. And uh, I'm happy for the Yankees. And more
1: importantly, I'm happy for Eric Judd. Yeah, he's like a good guy. Uh, Do you think that the Yankees have a chance of winning the World Series uh, next season? (laughs) Yeah, I think they have as much of a chance as anybody else, for sure. It seems like. If you step back, you
2: zoom back here. You just look at everything. People are spending money like drunken sailors. I mean, it's a great time to be a, an awesome player and be a free agent in Major League Baseball. I mean, the Phillies signed uh, their shortstop, and he was offered more money by the by the uh, trade Turner. He was offered more money by the uh, San Diego Padres. And uh, for those of us that have been to San Diego, but I'm from Philly, I got to tell you, San Diego is a beautiful city. There are worse things than uh, living in San Diego, California. Dina. So His wife is a South Jersey girl, and uh, he's from Florida, where the Clearwater is where the training camp is for the uh, Phillies. So they decided to leave $40 million on the table, $40 million, and mm-hmm. sign. A little bit less with the Phillies, so I'm thrilled about that. And uh, he's that leadoff man that they needed. So, yeah, there's a lot of money going
1: around out there right now.
2: Big, big, three hundred plus million dollar deals. That's right.
1: Um, hey, ne- next topics. Let's talk about the uh, the NBA. Uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Sandler said that Mexico City is doing all the thing necessary to demonstrate to the league, the NBA, that uh, we may be positioned to house an NBA team there. Uh-huh. So. Just some quick stats, uh, Mexico City is the most populated city in North America, with yep. about 9 million people, and Mexico City Arena sits about 22,300
0: fans, uh-huh. uh,
1: the United Center, which is the NBA largest arena, uh, sits about uh, 21,000 for the Chicago Bulls games, uh-huh. uh, and there's about 30 million NBA fans in Mexico alone. So. Uh-huh. Does it make sense for the NBA to add an NBA team in Mexico, in your opinion?
2: I think it makes complete sense. It, it's from a traveling standpoint. We, uh, If you look historically at it, one of the last places that we explored uh, in the United States, in the 48 states, was Miami and Orlando. And then, of course, right around that same time, uh, the hotbed of basketball in North Carolina. We came in with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And then uh, the Minneapolis Lakers moved to Los Angeles years ago. We put a team in Minneapolis and uh, St. Paul area. So where else can we go? 95, 96, we went into Vancouver, and then yeah. we also went into Toronto. Vancouver became the Memphis Grizzlies. And I remember that. Well, When you go into these different countries, one, one of the things you have to really keep your eye on is the exchange rate. So what happened, there was a famous meeting uh, with the owner of the Vancouver Grizzlies, beautiful city. And he said, look, I just lost $40 million last year. And this is when $40 million was a lot of money. And the other owner's like, how in the world could you possibly lose $40 million? Like the TV deal alone would cover that. And he said, I'm taking in discounted Canadian dollars at the door through ticket sales and other revenue streams. Uh, including the local tv deal and i'm paying the players in something that's worth twice as much as my dollar and uh i have to pay them in u.s dollars and the owners are like oh okay we see the exchange rates killing you so uh, he moved to memphis tennessee so we have to make sure the whole peso thing works out well for mexico but as far as traveling i think that's very convenient. I mean, that's a fertile area to grow your product. We know that the NFL has dabbled in there. Uh, they've had, uh, the Cowboys in particular seem to like to play some games there preseason or regular season most recently. So yeah, Mexico's the next, that's the next big thing. Uh, we're not going to get into the whole build a wall thing and all that political stuff that happened. But, uh, yeah, we'll just fly right over and in. And, yeah, we're going to have a team there. There's no question. And then I believe in uh, your home country of France and Germany and England in particular, I'd, I'd identify those three. I think we'll have teams there in the next 10 to 15 years. Now, that's a little bit different. That's a heck of a commute, right? I mean, that's a oh, yeah. of, that's a heck of a West Coast or East Coast swing. <laughs> but uh, they'll make they'll make it work because we've got the uh steve nash up in uh, canada you got you got all the uh tony parker in france right Mm -hmm. he's beloved there and they're all wearing his jersey you got yao ming in china you 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 got dirk Nowitzki in germany i mean think think of all the if you had a team there they'd be even more popular with that growth area
1: i think you're right Uh, it's only a matter of time until they expand some new countries um which makes sense. So hey, uh, we keep talking about the NBA or let's talk about the WNBA, right? Mm-hmm. I think the last podcast we talked about Britney Greener. She mm-hmm. was uh, in prison in Russia.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: good news on December 8th, uh, she got released from the Rush, Russia detention. Mm-hmm. And but she was also released in a prisoner swap that involved the Russian arms dealer Victor Boot about. Uh, and the Asian, however, did not include another American. That the State Department has clearly wrongfully detained his name was, is uh, Paul Willen. So, mm-hmm. um, what is your take on the on the whole um, situation with Brittany Griner? Uh, uh, Brittany Griner is someone that
2: I'm sure is thrilled. Uh, her her and her uh, her significant other are thrilled thrilled to be back, have her back here. But at the same time um This wasn't a very good deal as far as the damage that Victor Bout did. His his, his nickname is the Merchant of Death. He truly was and a, a big time arms dealer that ended up. A lot of people were murdered because of this guy. You know, I don't think we can say there's rehabilitation that took place. So I, I just hope that it, that doesn't repeat itself. It's wonderful to have her back. Uh, I doubt she'll ever uh, play in Russia and any other, maybe any other country, uh, she will go back to doing the, uh, WNBA where she's a, an all-star and probably a hall of fame player, yeah. out of but she, she, uh, I hope there's a lesson to be learned for all of us that travel around the world. Like you gotta know the customs and the laws and the rules of the countries that you enter and you have to follow them. Like we're all visitors when we go to these other countries. So, that whole situation with the the oil. I mean, it's, it's like, if that's what their rules are, then let's follow their rules. And I know she said she hastily packed her bags and everything and didn't know it was in there, but, you know, we got to be a little more thorough and attention to detail when we do this. Yeah, you're
1: right. And, but I think, you know, the situation with Putin and the war in Ukraine, I think it almost looks like a setup. I mean, I think she was, she paid a price of the situation between Biden and, and the Putin, who knows um but uh i'm glad she's out great to have her great to have her back and and uh i wish we
2: could have done a twofer right two for one yeah we give you the merchant of uh
1: of death and you give us two of our players back yeah very good point uh hey uh next topic is about the uh the crypto ftx scandal right Yes. There's a bunch of athletes, Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Naomi Osaka, and Shaquille O'Neal, and many others. Mm-hmm. There have been putting into the filing uh, filing that uh, the adage FTX and the former CEO violated uh, Florida law by misleading customers. It's basically uh, the FTX uh, filed uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And so there's a big lawsuit going on uh, that could impact those players. So do you think that those athletes have any responsibility into the, what happened to uh, with the FTX? Do I think those players have have any responsibility that you mentioned? Is that what you yeah. said? Why, why would they, why would there be a major lawsuit against them? Do you think they have any sort of responsibility into that or, or not? Not at all.
2: Okay. So th- there's a couple things about it. The, the person, Kevin O'Leary, who uh, describes himself as Mr. Wonderful, some some of our listeners might know him from the uh, the Shark Tank. I saw uh, an interview he did. It looked like it was in, in Washington, D.C., in which his feeling was, and the information he's getting, is that two of the top shareholders had a disagreement about something to do with the company. And one of them sabotaged the situation and one of them uh, cashed out all their chips. Right, They cashed in all their shares, put it to the sideline, and then leaked out some information about some of the way that it was bundled with crypto, uh, uh, the Bitcoin, and it was a smaller percentage of Bitcoin than they thought. And it wasn't turning a profit like it was all propped up. Uh, People were buying it back to to blow the price up. And this is why I've always been skeptical of that uh, situation and have never purchased anything that even resembles Bitcoin because I don't know what's behind it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people do know what 100 percent what's behind it. So the the bottom line is uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't see how the players are guilty. Uh, They probably have been spokes uh, people for the product. They probably gave them some of the product and some people have accused Kevin O'Leary to be that type of guy too. Mm -hmm. They call them, they call them paid hacks is is the term that I I heard. And there's going to be a mountain of litigation that's going to come out of this FTX scandal. So, uh that that's all i know about it uh it's an ugly situation again the small guy always gets hurt and uh you know if you if you're not sure what's wrapped up in these uh, mutual funds or the or these stocks or these bundles of stocks then then, then don't participate in it
1: yeah i mean it looks like it's a uh, complex situations um and i think the ceo wanted to donate billions of dollars before saying uh, you know we're going to donate the people that got somewhat stolen right Well,
2: I've heard they they want to do
1: the
2: 70% reimbursement that the Madoff situation did. Like those people that got hurt by Madoff, they got 70% of their money back. Oh, okay. Even the great Steven Spielberg, who was tricked. And that was uh, a situation where I had an affinity to that person, to Madoff, because uh, I vacationed with him. I talked to him on the phone on a regular basis. He had to be legit. He couldn't fool me, and of course, Madoff did fool people. So, uh, I I think they're looking for some sort of reimbursement.
1: Mm-hmm. This is good. Hey, uh, this month one of the big events was the walk up in Qatar, uh, yeah. and you know, for some people it was a, a good success. Some people say it was maybe the best walk up we've ever had. But so there was about seven hundred sixty thousand fans who made the trip to Qatar, yeah. and the country. And roughly $300 billion in infrastructure projects, right, to prepare for the tournament. And in terms of viewership, uh, just from examples, the semifinals between Argentina and Croatia drew 6.5 million viewers on Fox, making Mm -hmm. the most-watched World Cup semifinals on English-language TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. And one last thing is that Argentina, uh, because they earned, they, they beat France in the finals, they made $42 million in prize money. Uh, which is all of the most in tournament history.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: do you think it was a success, this World Cup?
2: It, it seems to be an overwhelming success. Uh, I think a lot of casual users uh, got involved. I mean, I heard a lot of people talking about it, a lot of people watching it that normally don't necessarily watch the MLS that closely. So we'll, – yeah. the Major League Soccer here in the United States. So we'll, – Will that have a carryover? We've heard that so many times. As far as the prize money being the highest uh, every year, it'll be higher the next time when it comes yeah. to North America in the summer of twenty twenty six and Canada, United States, and Mexico, which is going to be a great event for the uh, the whole continent, really. Uh, so, yeah, that's that that part of it was a winner. I, I don't know. You mentioned uh, when we were in the green room that there was they, they spent three hundred billion dollars on their facilities. Uh, that, wow, mm-hmm. that's but all i can say about that is you know how, how did that help uh, brazil when when the olympics come and go how did that help in 1976 with montreal when it almost bankrupt the city to hold the summer olympics in um in, in montreal so yeah what do we do with these big white elephants why they're just sitting there you know <laughs> You you hopefully have a professional team or, or the community can use them or somebody uses these these wonderful, beautiful facilities that cost so much to build. So from that standpoint, I hope they have a plan in place because I know a lot of the poverty that was in Brazil was still there even after the Olympics left. So that was unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it, it seemed to be a great event.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I think uh, there was a lot of skept, you know skepticism getting into the walk-up, but I think they did a good, a good job. I mean, of course, there was some controversy about the fact that <clears throat> apparently seven thousand workers died building the stadium. Seven thousand, and Qatar came up and said, "No, there was only four hundred people." So there's a big gap, right, between well, the- four hundred. To me,
2: seems high. Uh, that's uh, you know, one is too many, right? But yeah, I saw the HBO special on. Um, the FIFA. Scandal. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that, and and uh, that was a little disturbing uh, about the accommodations for the workers, and uh, no toilet yep. sinks. the The cafeteria was awful. Yeah, there there was a lot of human rights issues that are there, and of course they try to poo poo them and deny them. But uh, you know, the media gets their cameras in there, and they you could see some things that were not good, and that and that was on. Uh, that was on the uh the monthly show with uh HBO sports special so i that was disturbing no question
1: yeah uh hey la- last questions uh you know about the NFL um overall right now the eagles i think they're 13 and 2 even though they lost yesterday hmm. um against the um cowboys uh, yeah. yeah so they're they're followed by the three teams the vikings the chiefs and the bills yeah, uh-huh. all of them are twelve and three.
0: On yes. the other hand,
1: the Buccaneers are seven and eight.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But uh, so, what do you think? Who's going to think is going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year? What are your predictions? And what well, do you see in the finals? Yeah the the
2: uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win their division at seven eight. And the seven yeah. and eight, it looks like they may, but they don't win another game. They might not, but it looks like they are the favorites to win their division. But that doesn't mean that you're under 500, that you'll do any damage in the playoffs. Of course, it is a new yeah. season of playoffs, but that's uh, a team that I, I don't see getting to the Super Bowl. I, you know what? <laughs> I'll pick the Chiefs with Andy Reid and I'll pick the Philadelphia Eagles. So it'll be an Andy Reid final. And I, I would really be jacked up to see that happen. Really excited to see the former winningest coach in Eagles history with the Chiefs against his former uh, employer. And uh, that would be a great, exciting Super Bowl. Yeah, that would be a great story. I want to circle back. I want to circle back to one other thing about the uh, the soccer situation.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Getting your opinion on this, I want to ask you the question where does this put Messi and uh, his, from a historical perspective? would this put him and I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious here because I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying but would you put him at the Pele level of Brazil is he one of the top 10 greatest soccer players ever if the answer is yes is he top five like is he number one is he at the the top of the pyramid as far as being such a a little guy but so talented uh go ahead
1: well, in my, my, is he a top 10? Yes. I think there's no question he's in the top 10 of the best players. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, time. The all
2: time.
0: All time.
1: Yeah, I think he's a top 10. Um, now, is he the best player of all time? I would put people like guys like uh, maybe Pelé, who won three World Cups. And it was a long time ago, but he won three. And he was very young. Mm-hmm. I think his first World Cup, I, I think he was maybe either 17 or 19. I didn't even think he was 17. And okay. then there's some people who believe that Maradona, which is the other Argentinian player, hmm. you know, he was just better than Messi.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so, I don't think he's top three. I think there's some other guys like uh, okay. Pelé or, or Maradona mm-hmm.
0: who are better. Who
1: else? Uh, who else? Um, who else? I mean, you've got also uh, in France, right? You've got, well, you've got uh, Michel Platini and you've got Zidane. Okay. Uh, you also have in Brazil, you've got Ronaldo. Ronaldo, the great striker from Brazil. Uh, mm-hmm. it was one of the best ever. Um, so there's a lot of players right out there. Okay, um, so, I was just curious. It just propelled him
2: to that level because of this success.
1: But, but you know, Messi won seven Ballon d'Or, which is the the the, the highest of the categories as, as a player. Right? You won seven of them. Uh-huh. And the people were saying that the only thing he was missing was to win the World Cup. Because up until you know a week or two weeks ago, people were saying that's you can't say he's the best of all one of the best of all time because he never wanna walk up and I did. Well, that, so. he and
2: team did. He and his team yeah. did it. So,
1: there it is. He did. So, uh but yeah, it's definitely one of the greatest. And the other question is, you know, who's the best? Is it Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, or is is it Messi? Okay. And I think with, with Messi winning the walk up, I would put Messi ahead of Ronaldo now because Messi okay. is still, you know, not in his prime, but he's still playing really well. Right. And Ronaldo is kind of on the decline right now. So, Okay. So that's my, uh, my take on this.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Okay, so look, we, we're at the end of the, the podcast, but as always, I want to thank you for, for your time today. Always uh, great talking to you, but thank my you. My pleasure, Julian. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Right, and happy holidays.
2: Happy holidays and New Year's to everybody.
0: Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by IBAudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.